This week, we start a new series on rebuilding the church you want to lead. Welcome to From the Field, episode number 26. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church in Salt Lake City, Utah, and the founder of Telio, a care and formation ministry for pastors. And I'm Tyler Dravitz, the executive pastor of Ridgeline Church and also the president of MyXP, a ministry where we provide remote executive pastor support to churches around the country. Perfect. Today, uh, we are going to start this new series talking about rebuilding the church you want to lead. I think one thing that's kind of weird about this season that we're all in is that depending on where you live in the country and depending on maybe even your personal convictions about COVID and the threat that it poses, we're all in these like different expressions of what it looks like to be the church right now. Yeah. So some people are still online only. Mm -hmm. Some people have a hybrid of online and in person. Some people are back to in person. Um, Mm -hmm. We have run the gamut. We were online only. And then we did these like online and small micro services at our ministry center. And for the last six weeks, we have been back at Salt Lake Community College, where we have been uh, in person on Sunday mornings with our church. Unfortunately, we have this massive surge Mm -hmm. in Salt Lake right now. And so we're going back to online for at least a, a series of time, which as I said in past episodes, was my great nightmare. Yeah. And that's where we are. Yeah. Well, and I think for anyone listening, I know that in a lot of cases, and even in ours, we made that decision because we feel for us, it's the wisest one. Yeah. But uh, those listening, uh, make sure you pay attention because uh, I know that in most cases, churches have been excluded from a lot of these mandates, but I got a message from a church that I support in Oregon saying their governor actually posted and and made an announcement that churches can't even meet. And so for the next two Sundays, uh, this one and the following one, uh, they have to meet on Online only. Yeah. So it's this weird season where we're all being the church in different ways. One thing I think that we all share in common is there is good promising news. There's light at the end of the tunnel. There's a vaccine coming again. We're not going to derail on on like where people are at with that. If, if we think people were divided about the election, I think what might cause the civil war <laughs> is this vaccine and what people think about that, especially in the church. I think there's going to be all kinds of division about that. How are you feeling about the vaccine? Um, I would take two. <laughs> I think just to be sure, as a matter of fact, on my way to like to and from my house, really anywhere, mm-hmm. there are these like trailers in front of our like town's expo center. Oh, yeah. has got an expo center. We, we live and in they, a city. We don't live in a town. Well, whatever. Yeah. Well, you just made it sound like we live in like we're bumpkins. Yeah, listen. Now, in anyone who is a bumpkin, we have now lost as a listener. Cool. You just well, refer to them as bumpkins. Well, you don't know what I meant by that. You're somehow finding a way to offend everyone. All the people. Yeah. Listen. Well, I'm gonna. All right. So there's these the trailers in a minute. <laughs> there are these trailers that have been there for like months, yeah. and now with the announcement about the vaccines, they've got a. Uh, Blue banner that says vaccine trial and just a phone number. Mm-hmm. I want to call it so bad. Yeah. I just, I heard it like you have to pay, which I don't want to pay. At some point, there's really? going to be free to everybody. To pay? Uh, yeah. Oh. I think. It's I also know. weird that there's just like a trailer with a yeah. banner on it. That's weird. That you're like, I'm in. Where do I oh, sign no. up? Listen, <laughs> I got to tell you, if I found somebody like outside yeah. with with a syringe that yeah. said COVID vaccine you on it. You find a needle in the parking lot and it says COVID on it, you're going to self-inject. I, 
That's how committed you are. I'm not saying I wouldn't. As a matter of fact, I went, I was at the doctor and they did the like, do you want to get the flu shot? Which, by the way, great upsell, good for them. And I absolutely did. I just hadn't thought about it. I was going to go to Costco because, well, Costco. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, the like physician's assistant was there and she was talking to me and this and that. And I like, my voice got real low and I was Mm -hmm. like, hey, she's like, I'm going to go get the flu shot. And I was like, cool. Uh, you got any like COVID vaccines back there? <laughs> like, like you're asking for heroin or something? Uh, she's like, she's like, well, we have some promising trials, but no, we don't have any that we could do. And I was like, well, I'm just saying, it'd be okay if you do. <laughs> and I sort of gave little, her a, slip a little bit of that in. I, I sort of gave her a look like, yeah, I'm not complaining. We're not talking about it. So yeah. I am full up ready, and I'm a little encouraged. Maybe my one one twenty one, maybe she works out. Maybe that was it. Maybe that was hmm. it. Well, regardless of what people think about vaccines, we know where you stand. Yep, yep. Uh, there, there is going there. There is a day coming when we're going to be able to be back in person, and we're not going to have church on Zoom and YouTube mm-hmm. for the rest of eternity, Lord willing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, what that's gonna we have, we are in a unique position where we've been able to <laughs> to like experience like the full gamut. Mm-hmm. So we've been online, and then we've been back in person. Now we're back online. So one thing that we noticed in going back six, yeah. seven weeks ago, that if you have not gone back yet, that you should prepare for, yeah. is it very much does feel like, especially if you are, you know, if you're an old established church, I think that's one yeah. thing. But, you know, we had like less than a two-year run, about a year, not even a year and a half run yeah. at the school that we meet at. And then we went online and we went back and it felt like starting over. Yeah. Like it felt like week one but more awkward because mm-hmm. it was the first time everybody had been back together yep. and it did feel kind of weird. It felt, it was good, yep. but it definitely felt weird and it felt like starting over. Yeah. And one thing that that we've tried to be diligent about as we've walked through this whole experience is trying to not like silver lining everything and sure. like always, but we have tried to look for where are the unique opportunities that God has afforded us through this. Totally. And one of those is as we go back and we do have this sort of restarting opportunity, you get the opportunity to consider everything that you have done. Yep. And everything and 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 to be able to find what are the great things that you want to keep doing and what are new things that you want to start doing and what are the things that just need to stop. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and even at Starbucks, I don't know if we've talked about that on here, but you used to do this thing as a DM that was like a start, stop, continue. Yeah. in stores, yeah. and essentially you get to do the same thing. Yep. with your church. Yeah, and so uh, even so, like we were back for six weeks, yeah. and we've all we had already started to make some changes. Totally. Yeah, I mean, we really took an assessment of the teams. Uh, obviously, just like everyone, we have less people serving. Mm-hmm. And so I really took a step back and looked at all of the things that we had set up in regards to serving and the call times and all mm-hmm. of those kind of things, the setup and teardown. And I think we were guilty of like doing things as they had been done. So we had planted a church before. We had a similar team structure because it worked fine. Yep. And I think that this was a great opportunity to take a step back and say, what do we really need? And I yeah. think what I saw on that was when you take a look at kind of a workload chart, we had a couple of people doing a ton yep. and then a lot of people doing nothing. And yep. so what we did was... Was we sort of redistributed that workload. We uh, created an environment where a uh, few people came in a little bit earlier than they were used to, but we were able to do away with an entire team's worth of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so obviously if those people are still interested in serving, they just joined kind of a, a, a broader team. team. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But, and it's been a huge win because yeah. now everyone feels like, 
They are doing meaningful work when they're there. Uh, they're less tired at the end of it. And right. some of it also looked at, you know, there are a few things we need to purchase. There were some things that um, we weren't doing in kind of the smartest way and, and, mm -hmm. and sort of the like best way possible. And so we just kind of reevaluated that, uh, made some purchases and uh, really streamlined some things. Mm -hmm. And it's really been a huge help for yeah, us. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah. So what we're going to ask people to consider uh, as they begin to think and pray about Lord willing going back in person and they have this opportunity in front of them to basically rebuild, we're going to ask them to consider uh, this principle that we heard for the first time from Pastor Larry Osborne. Mm. Um, Love me some Larry. I know. Uh, I'm trying to think. The first time that we went to North Coast mm -hmm. out in San Diego was probably about seven-ish years ago. Yeah. Right? The first time we went to a Sticky Teams conference, maybe? Yeah, at least, yeah. And then just about a year and a half ago, I think, you and I mm -hmm. had the opportunity to go to this real small gathering. It was about 20 pastors, just lead yep. pastors and executive pastors for two days with Larry to talk about leadership and just ministry and all that. It was, amazing. It. it was yeah. amazing. Yep. But he, he went into much more detail about a sentence that we had heard him say before yeah. that has very much informed the way that we have begun to lead Ridgeline mm -hmm. and really anything God allows us to be a part of. Yeah. And he made this statement where he said um, that you should, if you're planting or if you're pastoring, you should plant or pastor, build the church that you actually want to go to. Yep. Which is, uh, sounds, might, might sound like very, very simple, but it's uh, profoundly different from what many pastors are experiencing. Yeah. And so what we want to do is we want to take about four or five weeks to talk about this principle of sure. as we get as we go back and we are rebuilding, how do we rebuild churches we actually want to go to? Sure. And what we want to do in this episode is rather than have to qualify what we mean over and over again through this series, we wanted to have an introductory conversation about what we mean by that. Sure. Because... I think even the first time I heard him say that, maybe kind of off the cuff, and as people might be hearing us today, there might be some pushback in this. Totally. Some people might be hearing in what we're saying. It sounds like you're saying that everybody's free to dream up what a church actually is. Sure. That's not what we said. Nope. And that's, that's not, what, not what he said. That's not what he said. Nope. And that's certainly not uh, what we mean at all. We're not talking about redefining what the church is according to personal preference. We're talking about being thoughtful and building the expression of the biblical church that God has called you to and wired you for. And totally. that's profoundly different. For sure. And I think one of the things, um, as we went to that sort of two-day thing that he fleshed that out to say, kind of the like follow-up of that, mm -hmm. is plant the church that you want to go to or lead the church that you want to mm -hmm. go to because anyone else can leave, but you right. can't because it will no longer be that church. Right. And I think that even initially on upon hearing that, all of the things go through your mind about it's all about the message and not about the messenger yeah. and God's church will go on. And if the rocks, or if we don't do it, the rocks will cry. All right. of these kind of things go through your head and you think, well, that can't be true. I can leave and, you know, God doesn't have to like leave me at my church. Uh, you know, certainly that wasn't our story. Yeah. Um, like and, it, 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 and and like and the what's true is if you leave the ch hopefully the the church won't end right like yeah, it, it won't close, close. Yeah. sometimes it does yeah. but it's probably not going to close but if you believe that you leave and it doesn't change right you've clearly just never left before and i think that we got a chance to experience this totally. firsthand yeah there was a church that uh, we had kind of planted together uh, in the Chicagoland area that you felt called to leave. And then I got a job at the same church that you went to. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is the person who took over as a lead pastor was on our elder team, yep. a part of the church 
literally from day one. Started in his living room. Absolutely. But what's true is one of the things we really valued on our elder team and just in our like group was just like kind of diversity of thought and opinion. And so he's a very different person than either you or I. You and Mm -hmm. I are different. He's different. All of those kind of things. And so he has done such a phenomenal job of leading the church that he wants to go to. Yeah. The reality though is that I support that church. I interact with that church. I've been there a few times. Mm -hmm. And what I'm here to tell you is that as no longer the church that we planted. So right. not only have, after this many years, have most of the people transitioned out to where they wouldn't even know who we are. Right. Uh, I'll never forget one of the pastors on staff there. I was there and like asking some questions about this and that. The pastor had asked me to uh, address some things. And one of the uh, the worship pastor's wife came up to me and she was like, and who are you? Mm-hmm. And I had said my name, assuming that that would mean something. And she's like, okay, what does that mean to me? Yeah. And that was the moment that I was like, this isn't my church anymore. Yeah. And I think that uh, what is amazing is he's done a faithful job leading a healthy church. He's got a great elder team. He's got a great staff. He's got great people who love him as the pastor. Mm -hmm. And it is not the church that you and I planted at all. Uh, It doesn't look very much the same. It's got the same name, Mm -hmm. but even a kind of a a revised and uh, renewed logo even. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's all of those types of things that you look at. And I think uh, really, like I said, I was one of those people who would have pushed back originally until I got to experience it in person that he's not saying it's going to close. He's not saying it's going to be the end of the world. He is saying though that the church that the people have chosen to go to right now, it's not going to be the same. Yeah. And I think I think one reason that churches are prone to change when, especially when a lead pastor leaves, is because I think, especially when leadership is done in a healthy way, when pastoral ministry is done in a healthy way, mm-hmm. you do very much lead out of who you are. Yep. And I would actually say it's a sign, it's a sign of a lack of health if you're not leading out of who you are. Totally. So there is, it's just naive to believe that no amount of your personality and your culture, cultural preference mm-hmm. is going to inform the church that you're building. And so when you leave and a new person kind of takes the helm of that thing, it's going to change. It's still going to be a biblical church, Lord willing. It's still going to be a healthy church, but it's going to look different in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And that's what we saw at Redemption. And yep. it's great. I'm actually more proud of the church that it is totally. than anything. 100%. Um, but they, it's, have they have a building. They have a building, so yeah. that's nice for them. Yeah. They're not still unloading trailers in the snow. <laughs> Somehow we keep having to do that. Sure, thank God they're not because we got theirs. But that's you know, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we wouldn't have yeah. had a, a trailer if it wasn't for them. Yep. So what we're talking about is is not is is having to uh, again maybe like maybe people have heard the terminology of the difference between prescription and description. Yep. And so biblically, when we are uh, interpreting scripture, that's an important question: Is this text? descriptive or prescriptive? Mm. Is it saying what should happen or is it saying what did happen? Yep. So like an example would be, let's say, Acts chapter 2, when we see this post-Pentecost, the way that the church began to gather. We're seeing a description of what the early church did. Mm-hmm. We're not seeing a prescription of what sh- must continue to happen, sure. where we all should be gathering in Jewish temples and then scattering throughout the... like. We, that's It's descriptive of what happened in their culture, in their context. Yep. And, um, and so what we're not talking about is... is disregarding prescriptive texts about what a biblical church is 
and uh, and just deciding to do whatever we wanted to be. So some examples would be like, there is a biblical mandate that leadership in the local church, I believe, like there's scripture that says that leadership is meant to be plural, mm-hmm. meaning I do not think it's biblical for a church to be led by one senior leader. Yep. That you've got one person at the helm with 100% power and authority yep. who gets to dictate where the church goes. Yep. We do not see an example of that in the New Testament. We see an example of plural leadership. What the form that leadership takes, what it looks like, how their meetings run, how like that's where there's just a lot of gray. Right. And uh, my late friend, Darren Patrick, I remember one time him saying uh, in a regional conference that we were at, he said, we don't like to admit it, but the greatest area of theology is often ecclesiology. Mm. So the theology of the church. Sure. Which is why we have so many different kinds of churches, so many different denominations, sure. so many leadership structures. If we just had like the book of how church is supposed to go, Mm-hmm. That'd be a great book. That would be a great book. Yeah. It's got three chapters, a bunch of rules in it yep. that just told us how... That, Every that, ex- executive pastor is like, please, Lord. Please, Lord, give yep. us that book. Find those ones. Yeah, But that doesn't exist. So, um, so we're left to try to do our best to piece together what does the New Testament prescribe, and then how do we go about applying that? So, like again, the Bible mandates worship. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't tell us a style. Yeah. There's no example of a service order in the New Testament. You can drums and worship them? <laughs> well, those are demonic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. And uh, the Bible mandates Bible teaching, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mandate how that happens. There are different ways, and I know some people are like super, super tight on <laughs> the biblical way to teach the Bible. Yeah. And the truth is, like, we're told that we're supposed to teach the full counsel of God's word, mm-hmm. and there are multiple ways to go about doing that. Sure. So we're talking we're not talking about throwing out what the Bible says a church is, going off into a field and dreaming up your own kind. That's called a cult. Yep. But what we are talking about doing is being thoughtful and intentional about building churches that are biblical Mm -hmm. and ones that we want to go to. So what I would say is a really important... If you're listening to this and you're like, well, how do I know if I'm pastoring a church I actually want to go to? Yeah. One question to answer would be, if you did not get paid, like if it was not your job, Mm -hmm. if you were not the pastor, would you want to go to your church? Sure. And I think another way to kind of look or think about that is as the pastor, look at your own giving and do you lead out in generosity? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that you're one of the top givers, but if, you know, so for us, uh, one of the things that um, we re- borrowed from Tim Keller is the idea that 10% is a good floor. It's just on a great ceiling. Yeah. And so what does that look like for you and your family? Yeah. Because if you are not passionate enough about what your church is doing for your family to sacrifice to be a part of that in that way, I would argue there's a problem. And yeah. I think that uh, I think that if the church was more of what you believed it should be yeah. and more of what like just resonated in your soul about what yeah. a church should be, then I think that you would just, uh, you know, our, our money follows our passions. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I wonder how, I wonder how often when pastors are struggling with their churches mm. and like the, even if it's an internal struggle, you're not having like, you know, elder conflict or problematic people in your church or something like that. I wonder when a when a pastor really feels like I just don't want to be a pastor anymore. I don't want to mm. be a pastor in this church. I wonder how often that's because there is a mismatch between the leader and yep. who they are and the whatever 
cultural expression of church that they're actually in. Totally. Does that make sense? Where there's like whether there's a philosophy of ministry or there are cultural traits or there are whatever. Again, not biblically mandated things, but just preferential things that totally. pop up in every church because every church is a little bit different where there's a mismatch between those things and who the pastor is. Right. And we're talking about trying to align those things. Totally. And I think even uh, so much so, I think as I recount the story for, you know, prospective uh, churches that my XP will support, uh-huh. uh, and I talk about the season that we pastored a church in North Carolina, yep. you were the lead pastor, I was the executive pastor, my line in that, because I don't have time, nor does anyone who's like thinking about working with my XP want right. to see me like blubber, right. is we decided that the elders wanted us to lead a church that we would never go to, yeah. and we knew it was time to go. Yeah. And I think that, um, I think some of you might be in that situation where that's true of you. Like, like you are being told you have to operate in a way that just does not resonate. And I'm telling you, you're going to die on the vine. Yeah. And I think that can lead to all kinds of stuff. It can lead to all kinds of um, sin stuff. It can yeah. lead to all time, kinds of lethargy stuff. It can lead to all sorts of things. And so by all means, work to fix this yeah. because it's what... Uh, when when it gets hard and when it gets long, yeah. uh, doing something that you know and believe matters, uh, like just in your guts, yep. is is really what makes the difference. I can tell you the moment that I knew I was in the wrong place in North Carolina. Yeah. Um, and this is again, this isn't even a, a, the story. The point of the story is not to like disparage anything, but yeah. it's just like this is the moment I knew yeah. I was in the wrong place. Uh, I came home. My wife Tammy uh, had this like two-year stretch—not not a full two years—but we had our favorite thing about where we lived was we had such a great gym. It's mm. called Southside. We loved it, and so Tammy would get up every single morning, 5 a.m. She'd be in the gym. It was like her happy place. And uh, there was this guy named CJ there who was this like house of a man, mm. and. Uh, she always told the story about CJ would load all of these 45 plates on the leg press machine and then have the girl that worked up front come into the weight room and sit on it as well so that he could do leg press. He was gigantic. That's amazing. He and I are still friends on Instagram. He's like the sweetest, just giant of a man I've ever met. Sure. And he was going through some stuff and uh, and really needed to be in a good church. Yeah. And I remember Tammy coming home one day and telling me that she'd had a conversation with CJ and uh, that she didn't invite him to our church because she didn't think it was the right church for him. And I just remember in that moment thinking, like, I'm probably not in the right place if my wife doesn't feel like the kind of church that we are leading is the kind of church she would invite people to. Sure. So whether it's, so again, like whether or not you're, the question, the assessment that you do is like, would I go here if mm-hmm. I didn't pastor here? Yeah. Or am I invested, you know, financially, yep. you know, all of that? Or like, would I invite people here? Or ask your wife that question. Yeah. Like, would you, in, do you would you go here if I didn't get paid <laughs> to work here? <laughs> I think there's a lot of different ways to come yeah. at it, but- it's this is a really this is a really big important issue yeah. about I I do think I don't think that every pastor needs to be in a church forever yeah. by any means I do think it hurts churches to have a high level of turnover totally. especially period 
Yeah. But especially at the lead pastor position. Yeah. If you're turning over your lead, if you're leaving every two years, sure. like that's just wreaking havoc on sure. that church. And I think one of the factors that can help keep us in a place for a long period of time is to make sure we're pastoring churches we actually want to go to. Yep. So that's what we're going to spend the next four or five weeks talking about. We got a bunch of different principles that we'll go over. But we wanted to have this introductory conversation so that we don't have to continue to explain this, like, we're not talking about, like, you don't have to have worship, you don't have to preach the Bible, we're not yeah. going to argue for, like, pick your religious text that you want to sure. preach from. We're not talking about any of that. Sure. We're talking about these preferential, totally. cultural things that are different in every single church and making sure that you align them with what you actually want to be a part of and lead. I have a great example. Good. I had a call with one of the churches we support today. Yep. And uh, this church in particular uh, met in a high school, mm -hmm. and right now they're like booting every renter. They're just not doing it at all and don't know when they will. Yeah. They, they like open back up and then feel like they shouldn't. And Are so schools been, closed? Uh, Two? I don't know the answer to that. Okay, they just don't want to um, rent. At, yeah, they beyond, for sure don't at yeah. least have renters in there at all. Yeah. I don't know about that. Regardless, yeah. um, and so this pastor, super resourceful, found yep. a Methodist church that's going to let them meet on uh, Saturday evenings. Okay. And so sent a text message out to the people who make up the church yep. and just asked, hey, we have the option 4, 5, or 6 p.m. Yep. Like, what do you think? And basically it came back as like a dead A three-way spread. Yeah, yep. for sure. And I could have predicted like, well, that. We talked about some different things, and he was wondering about strategy, and he was yeah. wondering about, you know, what about if people come in when it's light out and leave yeah. when it's dark out, yeah. or all of those kind of things. And I told him, I said, I said, you know what you need to do? I said, as soon as we're off this call, you need to go over to your wife and you need to ask her, like, hey, hun, what time do you want to go to church? What time do you want to go to church? Such and he, good advice. He quickly was like, well, I know what time. And I was like, awesome, choose that one. Because yeah. the truth is, if it's a tie, uh, like, if there was a clear, like, if it was like, you know, 99% and your wife's the 1%, mm -hmm. I'm still not saying you shouldn't do that. <laughs> I, I'm a right. single man. So I'm not, I don't say anything yeah. about that type of thing other than to say, choosing the one she wants to go to because that's the one that's best for your family. Because the truth is, uh, especially through this pandemic season, as we have seen, people will come and go in a way that doesn't even make sense. And mm -hmm. you'll have some people some weeks and other people other weeks. Yep. And it's not always corresponding to the numbers. Sometimes it's corresponding to just their feeling. <laughs> I mean, it's it's all over the yeah. board. If he doesn't go, yep. church doesn't happen. Yep. So he's got to be there. Yep. I think uh, because he wants to feel supported, his family needs to be there. Yep. So let's make them happy yeah. and trust that like God's going to work on the rest. Honestly, I think so th that's this, a great example. Totally. And this Sunday was, I don't know, it was our sixth or our seventh Sunday back mm -hmm. in person. Yep. And our attendance was, our numbers have spiked here. Yep. Our attendance was literally half of yeah. what it had been. Like our registration <laughs> yep. was literally half. And then and, less showed up. And less yeah. showed up. But I was, before the service even started, about 20, 30 minutes before it started, I was just walking around. And you could tell already, like, there's a weird vibe. Oh, yeah. Like, people who were serving, it just felt real tight. It was extra distance. Yeah, people felt <laughs> yeah. real uncomfortable. People were, like, yep. super fired up about their masks. Some people <laughs> yeah. were wearing, like, two of them. Yeah. And, uh, and so I was walking around, and I was... I was thinking like, I kind of wish we were online this weekend uh -huh. and we hadn't made a decision prior to the service that we were going to go nope. online. But the moment I made the decision before I checked with you, I was walking down the back hallway and I was thinking like, if my wife was not my wife, she would not come this weekend. No, no chance. And that is for me, that's what led me to come to you and to say, I think we need to go online for the next two weeks. Sure. Because I, 
because I don't want to subject my wife to this. And there is, like, it's not purely selfish. Like, if my wife's feeling that, yep. the chances are that other people are feeling that is very high. Sure. And I got to tell you, when I stepped up to preach and looked at everybody's scared eyes behind their masks, <laughs> I was like, I don't really want to be here either. Sure. Well, so- <laughs> and the number of people who did the, like, nervous joking, the hor- sort of out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, yeah. the whole, like, well, I wasn't really feeling like church this morning, but you scheduled me to serve, <laughs> so I, I came. Yeah. Yep. You're like, oh, cool. So it's yeah. on, uh, what I heard them say is, if I get COVID, I'm blaming you. Yeah, it's 100% That's, your that's fault. for sure. Yeah. And I would have felt that probably. Yeah. Yeah. So all of this is why... Uh, I think it's important for us to be thinking about this. Yes. Like, are are we pastoring churches that we actually want to go to, yep. uh, that we can invite people to, mm-hmm. that we can be invested in in every way? And, and if we're not, the answer, again, let's be super clear here in our close, the answer is not quit and go find one. Right. May I mean maybe it is. If you Could don't have, if, if you're not in a position to be be able to build the church you want to go to, it might be. Yep. It has been for me in yeah. the past. But I I would say as we are, where the unique opportunity that we have right now yeah. at, here in COVID, Lord willing, when we get to like the post-COVID mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. we have the opportunity to rebuild. Yep. And as we get ready to do that, and as we begin to think about doing that, we need to think about how do we want to rebuild a church that we actually want to go to. Totally. And do us a favor, as we proceed through the next several weeks, like favorite, I don't know if you can favorite a podcast, do something, keep mm-hmm. this one on hand. Yep. And if you feel squirrely about something we said, listen to this one, because this is the intent. Yeah. And we don't want to like belabor explaining. And we're not saying you don't have to yeah. preach from the Bible anymore. Right. Uh, we're going to let that go because we're going to trust, assume positive intent. That's yep. something that we uh, all together as Christians sometimes struggle with, but yep. we're going to assume positive intent and try to really understand what can this mean and how can this be such a huge win for our ministries. Right. So we'll be back next week with what will be really the first installment post Mm -hmm. this introductory conversation about rebuilding the church that you want to go to. In the meantime, if you want to stay connected to Tyler and I, you can find me on Instagram at at Ryan Hughley. Hughley is H-U-G-U-L-E-Y. And at Tyler Dravitz, that's at Tyler, D as in dog, R-E-W-I-T-Z as in zebra. Why, Why just the T and the D? The D and the Z? Or the D and the Z. Because they're like words that you're supposed to, I don't know. Because that's how my mom always did it on the phone. Really? That is like, ring, Every and time. she always used D as in dog and Z as in zebra. Right. That's usually what people mess up. Yeah. All right. All well, right. Yeah, that's mm, great, man. Whatever. Cool. Just bringing us people home. People have already stopped it anyway. So it <laughs> you got a gift for bringing us home with, the, with an awkward close. Oh, man. <laughs> well, we appreciate you listening. We'll be back next week uh, with week one of rebuilding the church you want to go to. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>